everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sith Take a Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Dan Slobodian, and here with me is Colin Brown. Hello. And Will Pintar. Hello there. And uh, as I'm sure you'll all know, unless you've been living under a rock, that recently we've had some pretty major points changes in the world of X-Wing. So what we're going to do today is discuss a couple of lists that we've been building, just to give you an idea of what you could be doing with these new points. So we'll get started straight away with Will. Would you like to tell us what you've been working on recently? Well, I've been working on a hyperspace list recently, generally geared around the fire spray ship. One list I've written is a bounty hunter with hull upgrade, slave one, L-33-7 and proton bombs, Koshka Frost with elusive, perceptive co-pilot and proximity mines, and then an outer rim pioneer with tactical officer. I'm hoping to give that a bit of a spin in hyperspace. Okay, brilliant. And tell us a bit about your thought process of putting that list together. I'll be honest with you, I'll, as it's been mentioned, uh, I kind of love the fire spray, normally Bobber in particular, but this time I was looking at originally two bounty hunters kitted up with two shuttles, but then I wasn't sure whether that would work. I wanted a few more upgrades on there to make the fire sprays a bit more survivable. So Elusive has gone on to Koshka Frost to get me that reroll. And L337 on the Bounty Hunter. So I'm hoping to, you know, have the Outer Rim Pioneer behind them, uh, coordinating, because uh, he's got Tack Officer on for a white coordinate and just causing a bit of damage, really. Proton Bombs, partly because I think we'll be seeing quite a bit more Swarm in hyperspace. And then Proximity Mines for the same thing again. Okay, brilliant. And do you think the list has any particular strengths or weaknesses? As I said, the first list I wrote had four ships. Obviously, this one's got three. Survivability was my worry, but I've tried to negate that with Elusive and L337 and the hull upgrade on the Bounty Hunter. Maneuverability, maybe, uh, maybe a bit predictable. If I use Elusive and then having to do, making myself stressed is very limiting on the blues, on the fire spray, kind of like hand gunner, really, I suppose. And then dropping the bombs, because I'm going to want to drop bombs, I'm not always going to want that outer rim pioneer nearby, so that might cause a bit of a problem, but I'll have to see what it's like on the on the actual table. Well, Colm, do you want to give us your uh, thoughts on Will's list? So the first thing that occurs to me is you said you took out the second escape craft that also had a tactical officer on to try and make the fire sprays a bit more survivable. You've done that by putting on the whole upgrade L3 elusive. But I think really having that extra coordinate there, for example, one coordinated reinforced action is worth one hull upgrade and quite yeah. possible as well you know over the course of a game i think you by losing out on those actions you could actually be reducing your your survivability and i do think about i've played actually myself a bounty hunter yesterday um, and those things die very fast they need help so i think getting them reinforces could be very useful very well i mean the list i did write was two bounty hunters and one with slave one title and seismic charges. The other one was just with protons. And then L337 and the outer rim escape crafts, both with TAC officer on. You can see your thought process behind that. And that was my idea originally, the reinforce. But I was just seeing if I could maybe get more damage through, possibly. I'm not, I don't know. I, I'll, I'm going to try both anyway and, and see what comes from them. 
Yeah, my, my only thought is kind of just what you were talking about there, Will, is that the bombs are maybe an interesting choice because if you have got your two escape crafts behind the fire sprays, then are you you know are you limiting yourself? Are you actually going to want to drop bombs? Like you might hit the enemies, but you might hit yourself as well. I mean, obviously you can negate that a little bit with some good flying, but still it might be quite a difficult one. Yeah, I mean with this, my thought was I've got a bit more maneuverability. I don't have to rely on keeping. I mean the other one I nicknamed it cooperative hunting because they would literally have to pair up together all the way through the game in order to attack and get that coordinate. So it kind of makes them predictable, especially with the, the escape craft style. This way I can actually split the two fire sprays up, maybe, and then yeah. use the one shuttle interspersantly between the two. Is that even a word, interspersantly? <laughs> but, oh, it is now. I'm marking it. Is it. Now. <laughs> Brill. Okay, well, thanks, Will. Thanks for your, your list and your thoughts on that. Shall we move on now to Colin, to your list? Sure. So my list is basically I wanted to experiment with some of the things that came down in points in the Rebel faction and try and make the kind of list that I enjoy flying. Basically, is if you don't know who Blair Bunky is, he's one of the hosts of the Scum and Villainy podcast, and he loves flying B-Wings and just Rebel janky swarms. And he's basically my hero. Uh, <laughs> so I tried to make something that I thought you would like to fly. So my list is a Phoenix Squadron Pilot, which is the Initiative 1 A-Wing. No upgrades. Uh, Zeb, uh, attack shuttle with Leo Organa crew. A Blue Squadron Escort, which is the Initiative 2 X-Wing with nothing on it apart from the S-Foils. And then a 10 Num B-Wing pilot with nothing on them and Braylon Stram B-Wing pilot with nothing on them. So the goal behind this list basically is to have the Phoenix Squadron act as a little blocker, get in the way, mess up people's plans, and then have the B-Wings, the X-Wing and the attack shuttle, which is a three attack die ship, come in and put the hammer on. And then use Leia for once you're in the scrum for extra maneuverability because Leia came down so much. She seems very good now. Put her in a squad. The attack shuttle has a crew slot handy. The B wings, the two named B wings, came down quite a lot. They're both 10 num drop four, Braylon drop three. Thought I'd give them a go and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, you certainly got a lot of three dice attacks in there. Yeah, I think that's important. I, yeah. I only wish there was something like. You know, you can make similar lists in Scum and use Drea to give everyone rerolls, and those seem strong. Do you think Rebels mm. are missing something like that? So you definitely need to have three attack die ships in Rebels. You can't get away with two. Fair enough. So do you think the lack of double mods on this squad is maybe one of the weaknesses? Yeah. So from I've played a little bit with 10 and Braylon before, and Braylon, I think, is much better for a point because, you know, you can do your focus into a linked barrel get your stress, and then you're getting a double modded attack, mm. which is very good. And you just kind of, the B-wings go slow, they hang around to the back, and he just keeps a very wide arc on the battle, getting yeah. double modded attack, and whoever presents himself. Ten, he's an aspect I'm definitely not sure about, because he gets the stress, and ideally he spends the stress to free up his dial next turn. But sometimes he doesn't get to do that, and of course, he's not double modding his attacks, really. Mm. He's a potential weak point. So is it the case, a quick rules question for you then, is it not the case anymore that you can spend a stress to modify no results like you could in first edition? Well, so in the rules for focus, you cannot spend a focus token to modify no focus results. Right. And I assume it is the same for a stress token. Right. Okay. Know. Interesting. Interesting. Will, what do you think of Colm's list? What you were saying about getting into the scrum there, definitely with the B-Wings dial, I reckon that 
that'd be really good and can can put some interesting positions. So yeah, it definitely wrecks it wrecks to the face and it'll it'll hit like a hammer, like you say. I mean, the Phoenix Squadron being a bit of a blocker, he's a bit of a small blocker, and depending on what's coming at you, might not be able to do the job you maybe want him to. Don't know how you feel. What do you think about that, Cole? I think that's fair. Certain ships like Orlom or Paylob, things like that, they don't care about being blocked whatsoever. You yeah. don't see a big problem with stuff blockers in before the points change was Boba with Hand Gunner, because if you block him, he still gets his focus and you've just given him a reroll, basically. Um, yeah. So now he'd be a bit less prevalent. Blockers could be good again. Yeah, yeah. true. Phoenix Squadron is the first thing I put in every kind of five ship rebel list. I think they're great. I mean, it's an interesting one. There's, it, there's a lot of ships to try and get through as well. So, you know, it could cause quite a lot of problems. I mean, if you're flying it as a swarm, obviously it's not not as, as much of a problem. But, you know, there's, there's definitely enough shields there that bombs wouldn't really be an issue to it massively either. Yeah, uh, I think if you do come across bombs, try to say you just spread them out. It's completely fine with being spread out. Maneuverability is my one, my one thing. I mean, obviously you've got Leia Organa on there so it is giving you a bit of maneuverability but then after that's gone you just well it's okay like the b-wings are fine you know they kind of do what they do people are familiar with b-wings but but the blue squadron is pretty good maneuverability wise because it can close the death foils and get the boost so i think it's it's not that big a worry like honestly i look at leia and i think you know she's she's okay but she's not synergizing as much of the list as i originally thought she would well she doesn't synergize with 10 numb really does she yeah, it's basically like if you are stressed, you can still K-turn. Yeah. But it doesn't give you the stress for a tens ability or anything. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm going to fly it. Uh, we've got a small tournament tomorrow evening. I'll fly it there and maybe report back later on how it does. Yeah, well, we're uh, looking forward to hearing about it. Um, I think as time's getting on, do you guys mind if we move on to my list? I suppose so. Thank you very much. Right, so my list is playing on the fact that the IG-88s have now come down to the point where you can actually fit in a decent wingman as a third ship. So my list is IG-A with the title and jamming beam, IG-B with the title and jamming beam, and then Forlom with IG-D crew, advanced sensors, Mist Hunter title, and another jamming beam just because it's free. The idea, of course, being that they can all use IG-A's ability which is at the start of engagement, you can pass a calculate to another ship with calculate on its action bar. So they can all pass calculates to each other. Uh, the IGs in particular as well can make use of IGB's ability to fire their jamming beams as a bonus attack if they miss their first shot. Normally, you wouldn't really want to be bothering firing a jamming beam because it's not doing any damage. But if you know miss your first one and want to make a benefit to your others, then you can absolutely do that. Forlom is just Forlom. He's great, as everybody knows. He adds a, a welcome bit of stress control there, passing off his stress and just generally being a bit of a menace. So, what do you think? I think it definitely looks like a strong list on first appearances. You know, it's three good ships. It's quite scary. How do you tend to fly us? So, um, I've been I've been using it the past week. I've had about four or five games with it, and... The way I usually set up is with them all together and basically I try and get Forlom behind the two IGs so that he can sort of do his classic overwatch sort of thing 
you know, being at the back, um, just doing a red stop with an advanced sensors target lock and then doing the stop, getting the calculate. Uh, whereas the IGs are in the thick of it, trying to get some four dice attacks in there, strip some tokens. The fact that they're all low initiative as well means that they can be good blockers. That, that being said, the thing that they don't like is being blocked. Being able to pass tokens around is really handy. But if two of your ships get blocked, then you're in a bit of trouble then because they really don't like not having modifications on their dice. Yeah, that makes sense. So as I say, it's been it's been going well. I think I've played four games with it. I'm 3-1 with it at the moment. I do think it's a list that will reward having a lot of reps put into it. There's a lot of decisions to be made at almost every stage of the game, really. So it's a... Uh, it's definitely one that's got a high ceiling and I think will reward those who put the practice in. It can be forgiving as long as you don't get bumped because you can just throw tokens to the one that you've got in trouble. So, yeah, I think anyone could have a go with it. And it is fairly forgiving, apart from the fact that obviously the IGs have three green dice. And I hate three green dice ships because they just make me so sad when they all roll blanks. But otherwise, yeah, it's uh, it's accessible to anyone. Yeah. Uh, how have you found Jamming Beam? Because the other option, obviously, is 88C you can put in to get the evades. For a long, yeah. won't be able to make use of that. Seems potentially useful, where I think in a lot of situations, the jamming beam won't matter that much. So this is kind of the thing that I found, actually. In four games, I think I've only actually maybe jammed ships, I don't know, three or four times. You know, it's a nice little bonus for if your attack misses, but it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, I, I think that is something that I'm going to try is maybe C instead of B. I also kind of thought about maybe putting in Paylob instead of Forlom just to see how that goes. I didn't try it with Forlom because obviously a different thing, but I had A and C with an attack shuttle and I found A and C, but then I had the coordinate, so it is a bit different. We're really strong together. Obviously, they're not top tier, but they were a good, strong list and it was doing really well. But fall on in the list, I don't, I don't think I need even to mention that. I think it's, that's, you know, it's a really good ship. I think it yeah. helps that list a lot. Now they've come down in price. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, having that extra big gun in there is really what makes a difference. I think. Well, anyway, uh, we're we're getting towards the top end of our time here. So unless you guys have got anything else to to say, I just want to say I really like the idea of putting payload in. That seems very good. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to give it a go. Well, I'd uh, fall on. <laughs> well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We actually recorded this podcast for the first time over Skype, so please let us know what you thought, if the quality was at all affected, so we know if it's a, a viable strategy going forward. Well, again, thanks very much for listening, and see you next time. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things.